This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, September the 8th. Our top story today is that an investigation is underway after a junior worker was unwittingly able to reject and approve planning applications, describing one as whack. It happened when checks were being done on software by the Mid-Kent Planning Support Team, which handles online submissions on behalf of Swale Borough Council. Now, five so-called dummy decisions to check that the website was working were accidentally published. Among them was a desperate bid by the Happy Pants Animal Ranch to stay on its site in Bobbing. The refusal that was posted online said, your proposal is whack and no mate, proper whack. Well, Amy James is the founder of the charity She's been speaking to Lucy. We moved on to um, the land that we're on now. The charity moved here in January of this year um, quite hastily because we had to get out of where we were before and we didn't have anywhere to go to. Um, this land came up by chance uh, and we, we, we moved on to it because we didn't have anywhere else to go. Um, and then we had to put in planning permission with Swale Council to change it from agricultural use to animal rescue, which I didn't think there'd be too many problems involved because obviously agricultural use is animals and we've got animals on here so yeah um but yeah unfortunately it's been quite a a lengthy process we put the application in in january we were meant to get a decision whether or not we could be allowed to stay um in july and that's been delayed and then of course now with this recent error inside the council um it's now they're saying it could take another two to three months just to resolve this error and then then the decision on the planning so we could even be looking at next year now which is just yeah it's quite devastating for such a little charity not because the decision basically uh, whether we survive or not rests on this on this decision and I imagine that's really stressful for you guys not knowing what's going on and then what happened did you did you get this through with with these comments saying the proposal's whack yeah because obviously I, I try and check the, chat, the planning portal out every now and then to see what documents have been uploaded and try and work out what's going to happen. Um, and then, yeah, I, I opened it and I was literally like, well, I just, need, I just nearly had a heart attack. I didn't know what to think. I was like, first of all, because I didn't know there was other, um, other people involved, as in like other people got refused as well. It wasn't, I just thought straight away, oh my God, this is it. It's, it's Swell Council against the happy pants ranch again or someone this is a really awful joke or it's real i just yeah i just flew into a panic because it's like well if it's refused then that's, that's basically the charity is probably going to go under because we haven't got the money to relocate um so yeah and then um and then i had a few people comment um through the through the page and then one of the local newspapers rang me and i got an email literally within the space of about five minutes um and saying something about due to an error inside the council this that and the other um i, c- I couldn't really understand the, the letter from the council because it was all crazy council jargon um but yeah uh, one of the ladies at the, the sitting bar knew sort of explained to me what had happened i was like oh my goodness and she told me that it happened to like five four other people couldn't work out whether it was sort of good news or bad news really um but yeah in, in hindsight obviously it is it's bad news because it just it's just delaying the 
the decision. Swale Borough Council's leader, Councillor Roger Truelove, and Deputy Leader, Councillor Mike Baldock, have said they're angered and frustrated. They've issued a joint statement to the Kent Online podcast. This is what it said. These errors will have to be rectified, but this will cause totally unnecessary concern to applicants. This is not the first serious problem following the transfer of our planning administration to Mid-Kent Shared Services. We will wait for the outcome of a proper investigation and then consider our appropriate response as a council. We've also been told that all of the affected applicants have been made aware of the error and will be updated as the matter progresses. And of course, we'll keep you updated on this story at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. An inquest heard a former Kent schoolgirl died of stab wounds to the chest. 22-year-old Maddie Durdent Hollenby, who went to Abbey School in Faversham, was found dead at her boyfriend's home in Northamptonshire. The 41-year-old had died of self-inflicted knife wounds. Another hearing will be held in January. Police have been called to a school in Faversham after anti-vaxxers started handing out leaflets to children. A protest took place outside the Abbey School this morning as the government prepares to make a decision on whether to offer to all 12 to 15 year olds. There was a similar demo near the Simon Langton Grammar School in Canterbury on Monday. The boss of Britain's oldest brewery based in Kent says a so-called firebreak lockdown in England in October would be incredibly concerning. It had been reported the government was considering the idea of a longer half-term if COVID cases continue to increase. They've since denied that. Well, latest figures show another 209 people have died across the UK within 28 days of testing positive for coronavirus. And a further 37,000 infections have been recorded in the last 24-hour period. Jonathan Neem is from Faversham-based Shepherd Neem. All the talk in the early part of the summer was about irreversibility, Uh, one way out of this uh, vaccination was the solution. Um, So any prospect that there would be some form of circuit breaker um, would be very concerning indeed. It's been a huge challenge for businesses to remobilise, to get open again, to find staff, to deal with products, supply chain, any number of different challenges. And the idea of stopping and having to do all that again, I think would fill a great number of people with great horror. For you personally, would you be annoyed if there were restrictions reintroduced in October after all of the things during the summer of, you know, we're getting rid of all restrictions, clubs reopening, festivals going ahead? Would it annoy you that we're then backtracking if it were to backtrack in October? Well, I think it would it, it would feel like a change in the goalposts. There would have to be an overwhelming reason. And the reason that is led to lockdown so far has been that the NHS is at, the, is at breaking point. Um, we're nowhere near that at this moment in time. And although there's been a reasonably high level of infection about for several months now, um, at no point does the NHS got anywhere near where it was uh, in January. So it strikes me that there would either have to be a substantial change in circumstances uh, or some new premise And I think if there was a new premise, there had to be a very, very convincing argument and new evidence brought to bear as to why a lockdown was the right solution when all along we've heard that vaccination, um, herd immunity and, uh, and so on is the way out of this. Jonathan was speaking on the lowdown on our Facebook Live last night. On tonight's episode, Kent GP Dr Julian Spinks will be chatting about health supplements and whether they're as good as we're led to believe. You can get involved by posting questions or comments during the show. It's on from six. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly.
Earl Street, Maidstone. There are fresh calls to close down Napier Barracks in Folkestone, which is being used to house asylum seekers. A group of MPs have described the site as profoundly inappropriate after witnesses reported unsanitary, crowded and prison-like conditions. The Home Office say it could be used for another five years, but insist significant improvements have been made. Meantime, the Home Secretary is expected to meet her French counterpart today to discuss the number of asylum seekers crossing the Channel to Kent. Pretty Patel's warning Britain could withhold £54 million of funding, which was supposed to help France deal with the issue, unless more boats are intercepted. More than 12,000 people have made the dangerous journey so far this year. MPs are going to vote later on whether to raise national insurance to fund social care in England and reductions in NHS waiting lists. Boris Johnson says the move, which breaks promises he made to voters at the last general election, is essential to tackle unforeseen problems thrown up by coronavirus. Well, Ashford MP Damien Green has already raised concerns about whether the Prime Minister's plans go far enough. I think the government will will get its proposals through. Um, I'm one of those I would have preferred another way of of funding it. But I give the government huge credit actually for grasping the nettle, actually for taking a decision, actually for finding a way of putting more money into social care as as well as the NHS. So um, there's no point trying to stop that happening. My real concern is is what's going to happen on the ground. I want to make sure two things. First of all, that enough of this money actually goes into social care as well as the NHS, and it doesn't all end up inside the NHS, worthy cause though that is. I think social care needs some of this money. And I also want it to be spent in a way that actually makes a difference, that actually increases the number of care workers, that makes sure that the quality of care people have, not just in care homes, but if they need care at home, is improved because those are two of the big issues that we need to make sure that we have a proper care system that allows people to live in dignity. I would have preferred a system where the government, rather like the pension system, where the government provides a basic state provision, which is perfectly decent, but the the very, very many people who can afford to save more, as as many of us do for pensions, um, could, could be encouraged to take out insurance policies to pay for the extra they may need if they require catastrophic care costs. But the government's decided to go down the taxation route. So what I think is important now is to make sure that that works. A survey has found there are growing concerns about knife crime, antisocial behaviour and drug use in Ramsgate High Street. People living there say the town centre is dirty and unsafe and more investments needed. Just 9% of people who responded to a survey commissioned by Thanet Council thought the town was clean. 9,000 people in Swale have been told to find a new doctor's surgery following a surprise decision by health bosses. The contract with DMC Healthcare to run a GP site at Sheppey Community Hospital in Minster will be terminated in less than two months' time. Many residents are angry about being left in the lurch. Now, a charity that protects lots of green space in Kent is backing a campaign to reduce the number of grass fires in the county. A large area of Pegwell Bay Country Park between Sandwich and Ramsgate was destroyed when a campfire got out of control. John Wilson is the East Coast Warden for the Kent Wildlife Trust. There was uh, a a huge amount of, of damage and without any effort at all just getting out my vehicle I picked up uh, what was likely to be a grass snake and what could possibly have been a a sand lizard a species that's incredibly rare Um, I couldn't see any of the, the, the birds on the site because they would have just perished in the flames. 
The lasting impact on the, the site is that it's going to take some time to recover. Many of the plants and other species that thrive here are incredibly rare. There are, of course, uh, heathlands and grasslands all over Kent, all at risk quite often at this time of year uh, from fires. And I, I would urge uh, anyone visiting one of these fantastic sites to just think about their actions. I think that on most occasions fires are innocently lit uh, for a campfire or to, to, to cook a sausage, anything, and uh, they quickly get out of control and people don't um, quite understand the consequences of it. Kemp Fire and Rescue say many grass fires are preventable and they're appealing for all of us to take extra care in the countryside, especially after this recent hot spell. Meantime, firefighters have issued a warning after a discarded cigarette caused a blaze in Maidstone. Crews were called to a stubble field on Gatland Lane yesterday evening and managed to put out the flames without anyone getting hurt. Kent Online reports. The owner of a pet shop in Maidstone says he's taken two rabbits home to live with him after people threatened to steal them. Wayne Miles was targeted with online abuse following claims they were living in poor conditions. Well, the RSPCA found no breaches of animal welfare provisions when they visited Maidstone Aquatics. The train line between Tunbridge Wells and Hastings is going to be closed for an entire week next month. Replacement buses will be running during October half term. It's so work can be carried out to prevent potential landslips at Wadhurst Tunnel, which has been increasingly affected by heavy rain in recent years. And we may be in the middle of a heatwave, but Duncan James says he can't wait to be in Panto in Kent this Christmas. The former Blue Star will be playing the lead role in Jack and the Beanstalk at the Marlowe in Canterbury. He's been speaking to our What's On editor, Angela Cole. I really love Panto season because it, it takes me back to my childhood when I used to love going to see a show with my mum and my family. And now being a, a, a dad myself, I love the fact that parents can come to see some live theatre over Christmas time, brings all the family together, and actually, pantos are not just for kids. You know, they are, there's lots of adult humour in there as well, which goes, lots of innuendos, which goes over the kids' heads. So the, the adults love it, and the kids love it. And to be part of something so special, I think, at Christmas, it makes me feel, as a performer, really happy. Um, and I think nowadays we're so consumed, or kids are so consumed with their phones or computers or the television. It's just so nice to be able to get out, watch some live theatre and actually bring some magic to the stage. And that's what Panto does. Okay. So are you a Christmas person anyway? Yeah, I mean, I, it's a strange one for me because I'm a... I come from a really small family, it's just me and my mum. I don't have any other family. Um, so me and my mum, and I have a little girl. So every Christmas, my daughter is normally, it's like the battle of who's gonna have Christmas day with my little girl. And because she lives in Manchester and I'm down south, it's always hard. So when I do panto, it's great for me because my mum will come and spend Christmas week with me and then my daughter will come down Boxing Day or you know and have those that run up until New Year with me. So I get to see everybody and there's no kind of who's doing Christmas dinner fighting or who's gonna have who when and it's just nice because I'm always somewhere and so everybody always ends up coming to me, which is great. And they come and see the panto, I get to spend Christmas uh, Christmas Day with my mum and then my daughter will come like Boxing Day in she gets to see the show and I get to spend time with her as well. So it's it's nice. And because I've got such a small family, it's that thing of, you know, me and my mum, it's like, oh, what are we gonna do this year for Christmas? And do we have to cook or 
what, what you know what, where are we going to go and eat or all of that stuff but all that is taken away when I do panto because it's actually well Mum's coming to Canterbury this year and we're going to go to the abode for Christmas Day lunch, so it's all sorted. Audiences couldn't see the show in person last year after we went into another lockdown, so a specially written panto was streamed instead. This year's show gets underway at the end of November. Kent Online Sport. Tennis first in Kent's Emma Rajikanu is in quarterfinal action of the US Open later. The 18-year-old from Bromley takes on Olympic champion Belinda Bencic in the last eight. It follows her straight sets win over American Shelby Rogers, but she's not getting carried Away. I think that the score lines are quite irrelevant because the matches and the dynamic and the games, I mean, a lot are going to juice and, you know, those long games, like, one can win them, but... It's such a tight match and it's very difficult to call. We'll have details on the result of that match in bulletins on our sister radio station KMFM tomorrow morning from six. And in football, last-minute goals given Gillingham a win in the league trophy. They beat Colchester United away from home last night after Robbie McKenzie scored in stoppage time. Jill's captain Carl Dempsey and manager Steve Evans were both out due to illness. So his assistant boss, Paul Rayner. We didn't really knock on the door in the first half. I thought we were very disappointing. Decision-making was poor, very very slow with our passing, allowed Colchester to take control. We let them have far too much possession, made them look like they're a good side. We may probably made them look better than they were. Um, but I thought in the second half we took control, we changed the shape and we were much more of an attacking threat and uh, much more like a, a Gillingham performance. And uh, really pleased with the, uh, the chances we created and uh, totally game of two halves, so to speak. We said when we brought Robbie in, he's played at centre-back, he played in midfield for Hull, he's played at right-back for Hull, he's played everywhere for Hull in the Championship. So that versatility with a small squad, we said when he came in the door, you know, you know, 18 months ago, was going to be absolutely vital for us and delighted for him. He's a great lad, he works so hard, he doesn't grumble, he plays left-back, left-wing-back, right-back, he's played everywhere, he played in the 10, last year at Rochdale, he just does what he's asked to do and he does it with a smile on his face and, and guys like that are absolutely invaluable to us. Ryan Jackson's a bit of a doubt still. He's uh, still feeling his hamstring a little bit, but we'll, we'll give him every chance. The other guys should be available, shouldn't be any issues. Uh, Carl had a little bit of a stomach bug along with a gaffer, so obviously didn't want to take any, you know, any silly, silly risks with that. Uh, they'll be back in the building on Thursday, rearing to go, so we'll be a lot stronger at the weekend. But, uh, you know, that second-half performance from, from a lot of the guys have you know, put a few uh, positive thoughts in our minds, which is great, which is what, uh, what we wanted from these games. And the Jules travel to Burton Albion on Saturday for their next League One match. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe. Subscribe to the IM News app and that will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk.